Welcome to the Mental Health Hour. Welcome to episode 64. This is a se uh, our second episode on PPSD, uh, which is exciting. I love doing multi-episode topics. Uh, obviously, PTSD is one that uh, an hour is just not nearly enough to cover, you know, what it, what it all encompasses. Um, we are very grateful to have a good friend of ours on, Miss Veda Ashley. We'll bring her on in just a moment. She's going to join us, and we're going to talk about more of the complex PTSD side of things today. Um, with that being said, real quick, I'd like to throw out, like we always do, um, uh, if you do enjoy our content and like what we do on the Mental Health Hour, as you all come slowly in and those of you on the replay view over on YouTube and maybe a replay listen on Spotify. Um, please like, follow, subscribe, and share this out. Um, we will never ask you guys for any bits or any um, subs or anything like that. Um, if you want to do that, we love it. We'll accept. We, we are happy to uh, with that as well. However, the way you can help Gemma and I out the most is to share our content with others. We want to get this as widespread as possible. Uh, Naomi Hattie, good to see you. Craig, Veda's here. Uh, Stealth is TJ and uh, Mr. Med in the house. Molly, good to see you as well. Okay, Gemma, how are you? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Thomas was back at school today, so I had a day of somewhat peace. Awesome. And he's asleep because he's absolutely knackered, which is always a bonus. Good. And I actually have coverage for Penelope tonight, working on next week as well, as we have another guest to interview. Um, for those of you uh, that don't know already, next week we'll be interviewing Taylor of Next Juice. She's a Periscope original she's was on i don't know if she was on haps maybe not but she no. went to anywho she'll be joining us next week for another interview um but this week we're focused on ptsd and that brings us to our lovely guest hi guys yeah welcome thank to you. health hour thank you for having me it's good to see you guys it's like a reunion yeah. old days a good old haps elsewhere <laughs> I see you guys are finding your way here on your own. I'm so proud. <laughs> that were in my stream before. They were scared they wouldn't be able to get here. Everybody's moving it over. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Mark Gage, thank you for the subscription. Uh, and it's good to see you as well. And there is our friend Trevor as well. Yeah, and Trevor here's Trevor, Trevor as well. This is the other Trevor. Excuse oh. me. The lava lamp? Yes, I named it Trevor. Oh, wonderful. 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 All right. Uh, as we discussed, and excuse my clutter and mess, but Gemma, Gemma's always worried about hers. Look at my room. My room's no better. Yeah, all my junk. Uh, Lucia, good to see you as well. Everybody's coming in. Good to see you guys. Um. So PTSD is a humongous topic in the mental health field, one that takes quite a bit of uh, time to cover. Um, certainly those who focus on it as far as the, a medical doctor and, and what have you, or, or just, um, you know, therapist, clinician, um, people that specialize in the brain and uh, the traumatic brain really in my experience with the folks that I've dealt with in my stay at rehab and what have you, they've been just like mind ninjas, like incredible. Uh, they really get a deep understanding of what's going on and how um, the traumatic brain uh, affects our daily uh, lives with, and struggles with mental health, et cetera, <laughs> depression, anxiety, um, flashbacks, everything, you, uh, the works. Anybody that's had any dealing with any um, traumatic experience in their life certainly can uh, speak to 
you know, some flashbacks, maybe a smell. Normally these are very sensitive to the five senses. Um, touch, uh, taste, smell, all of these are affected greatly by uh, triggers and flashbacks, etc. Um, so in our first episode on PTSD, which was way back, I think episode 10, I want to say. Uh, so it's been a while since we've touched on this, but since then we've touched on other things like triggers and what have you. Um, there are different branches uh, and, and uh, styles of PTSD. Not everybody has, not everybody that goes through a traumatic experience it, uh, has PTSD. PTSD actually takes a great deal of factors to get a diagnosis. You have to hit markers on four different lists and you have to hit several of them to achieve a PTSD diagnosis. Um, that being said, I hope that answers slightly some of the flashbacks or the uh, um, recap stuff. But tonight we're gonna focus on one of the many branches down and that's complex PTSD, which Veda has a diagnosis on. And I'll throw it over to Veda to kind of give us a little rundown on what that is. All right, thanks, Tim. Hi, everybody. So um, I was originally asked to come on this show a few months back, maybe even a few years ago, when they kind of first started to talk about PTSD. And at that point, I just was not ready to talk about it. I didn't feel like I was for, far enough along in like, my healing journey, I was still really suffering with like triggers and like learning what my triggers even were, because that takes time. And you can continue to discover new ones like throughout your life, honestly. Um, but it was just too fresh. So now that I've kind of come to terms with it, and I feel pretty solid with where I am right now with my mental health, I feel pretty regulated. I do feel more comfortable to talk about that being said, it still, you know, affects me every single day. And um, it's something that, you know, can get better, but it probably will never completely be gone. Um, so I'm just going to talk a little bit about like the differences between PTSD and CPTSD and um, then also bring in another condition called BPD, which is getting a lot of attention right now um, in Hollywood and a lot of celebrities are being outed and coming out with having BPD. And there is a lot of correlations between CPTSD and BPD. So we'll get to that in a bit. But um, just like depression, PTSD and CPTSD both cause like these feelings of emptiness. So that's one of the things that they have in common and like a negative view of the world. It really has a veil over your face of like how you process just every day. Um, the emotions are really intense and challenging and can affect your relationships and, uh, a lot of people with CPTSD, even more than PTSD, have problem with interpersonal relationships. So there can be a lot of struggles with like your romantic life or your parents or whatever, because these people right. that tend to be close to us tend to be the most able to trigger us. Okay. Yeah. Um, so people with, um, like it can cause a lot of like paranoia and, and like you create things in your mind that aren't real. Um, and for me, one of the first things that I started, like my first sign of having this was so young. I started dissociating at like seven, but I didn't know what it was. And um, so my CPTSD symptoms started building back then. I can't exactly tell you when, but I would guess around four. And uh, around seven, I was completely dissociating. Like it was frustrating. I remember telling my mom, I don't feel real. I don't feel real. And my mom was like, really like concerned. Like, what does she mean by this? I just felt out of it. I didn't feel there. And like things that I really loved, like Christmas, I would just cry because I felt like I was not in my body. And I, I of course didn't know what that was. And I didn't know what it was until a few years ago, honestly. Um, so it can take that long to realize what's going on. And then along the way, you're just contracting more and more and more symptoms. So complex PTSD, essentially, it's not one main thing that brings it on, like a veteran that's gone to war or someone, you know, that deals with trauma and stuff like that, like for their work. Um, it's like a series of symptoms or things that have happened to you. They just compound, 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 compound. Yeah, it all starts adding up on you. 
And then eventually your brain starts rewiring itself to cope. And one of the main ways the brain copes with PTSD and CPTSD and BPD is dissociation. So that's when you just literally are checked out by your own brain. It is not your choice to do that. Your brain just checks you out for survival. And uh, another thing is it will wipe out your memories. Like you will literally have memory problems, you know, like I used to have such a good memory, almost to the point where I found felt myself being a little embarrassed of my memory, because I'd remember things about people and feel like a stalker almost. Um, But now I can forget something that I just said, because you're dissociated. So even though I've gotten a lot better with like, knowing my triggers and knowing how to stay away from stuff like that, I still haven't managed to get any better with like not dissociating. Like it will just like happen at any time in the day, a conversation that's not causing any anxiety randomly at work. I'm teaching a bar class and I'm just realize I'm just gone. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah. you have a lot of like blackout periods and it sucks. So um, the, it does, it's more um, when you, when you're talking about dissociating and stuff, right. would you say it's more just lost time or do you feel out of body? Out of body mainly, out of body, or I sometimes don't realize it's happening, but then I can look back and be like, wow, I don't remember that conversation or wow, I don't remember teaching that class. Like it was just, I mean, anxiety can do that too, but it is just a little more severe when it's like, and it happens more when you have the other stuff going on. Right. Um, So I don't know. I have like some slides that we can pull up to kind of show the differences and no. just kind of how they overlap as well. Um, that's okay. There we uh, go. We could just go with this one. So this one is talking about the differences between BPD and CPTSD. It's a common thing for somebody with CPTSD to get a BPD diagnosis or vice versa or both because there is a lot of overlap. Um, so what they do have in common is emotional dysregulation, self-destructive behaviors, suicidal thoughts and tendencies, the dissociation as well as the paranoia, negative self-image, and just that feeling of emptiness and doom. But one thing that CPTSD tends to happen more is nightmares. That's something that I get very often. I wake Mm -hmm. up a lot with just drenched in sweat. It doesn't matter if I'm having a good day or a bad day. The brain decides to process when the brain decides to process. And often it does it in your sleep. So people with PTSD and CPTSD tend to not get as good of rest because their dream state and their REM, either they don't get there as much, or once they get there, it's the brain processing and those dreams are just exhausting and you wake up feeling like you've like gone to battle. Um, So sleep can be like, it's necessary, but it's not always restful. Um, And then you can have like a hypervigilance, almost like an intensified uh, intuition, but that is also exhausting to be on high alert all the time. Um, a feeling like something bad's going to happen or like there's impending doom because when you're used to stuff like that, even if you're not necessarily a negative person, your brain is wired to receive bad things. So it just like, you know, the chemicals are just ah, like going crazy. Um, you can become like reclusive, avoid scenarios altogether. Um, I definitely went through a reclusive stage before I got my diagnosis. I just didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to go anywhere. I never knew when I was going to be triggered. And it was embarrassing because I could be totally fine and then suddenly trigger out of nowhere. And like, it's just easier not to do anything. And then of course the flashbacks. Um, Somatic, um, somatic distress. That is, if I'm not mistaken, that's like that one. (laughs) That's like pain or touch. Um, let me see real quick, just so we can talk. Uh, uh, let's see, of relating to or affecting the body, the body especially as distinguished from the germplasm. So bodily sensations of touch, pain, temperature, vibration. Yeah. Um, especially as distinct from the mind. So, um, and those of you, I don't know, I can't remember now if Vedas said it or not. Uh, BPD is borderline personality disorder. We have not, we have not uh, covered this on the show yet. So uh, we do have it on the list of things to go over. I need to learn a bit more about it myself as I don't have uh, much. It's uh, an interesting one for sure, because so many people have it, A, that don't know that they do, 
or that are so embarrassed because it has such an intense stigma. I mean, we're slowly starting to destigmatize a lot of mental health disorders. Um, people were embarrassed that they had PTSD like years ago, and now it's becoming more of an okay thing. And like, it's not like, oh, you're completely broken. You know what I mean? But BPD was one of those ones that has not yet received the respect that some of the other ones are getting. Um, and it's a scary one, but yeah. it's one that so many people around us have. Um, and so many artistic minds have it. But yeah. uh, we're not really talking about that yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mark rides. It's not bipolar. It's different. And that's yeah. a common thing that people get the two confused. They hear BPD and they think they're talking about bipolar. It's a completely different ballgame. Yeah. For, for those of you guys for the that are joining us for the first time, welcome on into the Mental Health Hour. Um, it's good to see everybody. I'm glad that um, Veda has brought some of her family over as well, her Twitch family. We do this weekly Wednesdays at 6 p.m. The show where we cover a different mental health topic every week. And uh, this week we have Veda nice enough to join us. Um, we've been friends for a long time and I'm glad she's finally made it on to the show. Finally made it. <laughs> no, no, no. And by all means, as you were saying in the beginning, um, at the very beginning of the show, uh, you weren't ready yet. And that's a thing. <laughs> that's a real thing with mental health. I mean, with everybody's comfort level and to each, uh, everybody's journey and their mental health is unique. Um, I made the conscious decision while I was at rehab that I was going to come home and shout this from the rooftops because I had spent, it, it was what I needed for my journey. Mm -hmm. um, it kept, it helped keep me sane. Um, and, Essentially, I spent 30 years, well, I wasn't drinking for 30 years, but, uh, you know, the past 15 years, the better part of 15 years, we'll say, lying to everybody and hiding and isolating and detaching. And um, I, I need to be out there and open with this, with my struggles, with my, so I keep it at the forefront of my, um, you know, journey uh, and to, to stay fresh with this stuff. And that's what this show's all about. But by all means, I'm glad that um, you came and told us that you weren't ready uh, and that um, things needed to heal, essentially, a little bit, right? Yeah. I was still very much in the throes of a lot of just, like, my triggers and kind of not in a stable place or surrounded by people that I should have been surrounded. You know what I mean? Like, I just, like, I've been not separated. I'm living somewhere else. I have a new job, like things are going pretty well. And, um, you know, not to say that I'm out of the clear, but right, <laughs> I just right. feel, you know, confident enough to talk on it. Whereas before I felt like I was still, you know, suffering a little bit too much. Yeah. But um, I have some symptoms that I can explain a little bit more about PTSD um, that I can uh, read out. But one is re-experiencing the traumatic events like flashbacks or nightmares or, you know, the nightmares is probably the biggest one for me. Is that um, on, the, is that on the, the, the next slide or do you, or do you want? Uh, no, this is just on a okay. thing I have pulled up. Um, okay. And avoiding anything that might remind you of the event that has to do with mm -hmm. people. Because people, even if they haven't done anything to us, if they were a part of it, that can bring on those flashbacks. Like people that aren't even like responsible for anything you know can somehow trigger it and uh yeah. um you can avoid places things activities and having this intense negative feeling about yourself or about others you know um constantly feeling on edge i think i said that before and then of course the sleeping problems and then that leads to concentration problems that <laughs> just can be a spiral yeah um, yes and you'll see like um like we touched on a little bit earlier it's very sensory based, a lot of these flashbacks and what have you. Um, and not just sensory, but also uh, anniversaries. What do we call those triggers? The, um, oh man. Oh, or no, I'm sorry. The explicit memories, um, things that are hitting on, uh, you know, the anniversary of a death date or, mm -hmm. um, or the anniversary of any traumatic event for that matter. Like, um, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, certainly not just the five senses, but very, very sensory oriented. Yes. Uh, yes. 
um, HSP. I don't know if you guys have ever touched on that highly sensitive person, but a lot of people with, and it's basically that's when you have like a hypersensitivity to certain things, um, mm -hmm. sounds, anything really. You're just a very sensitive person and not just emotionally, but it has to do with like a lot of frenetic energy or touch or whatever. But a lot of people with PTSD also are HSP. Um, and just, it can make it really hard <laughs> to just be in certain places or around certain sounds. And I'm reading what uh, Stealth USA is saying. Oh, so the yes. first time he was diagnosed with PTSD, the military was still like, nope, <laughs> like mm -hmm. not even really like acknowledging it. And um, that's something that's definitely changed. But, um, you know, yes. so it hasn't so much over here because I really? know that I, um, I've got a friend who was going to be in the military and they all had to do um, mental health tests and he was rejected on grounds of having PTSD. And that was last year. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's very different still. Well, I don't know if they would take you here either, but I also can't speak on that because I don't know enough about the military. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't know. But I know that, yeah, they didn't. But I feel like he's saying that they weren't even acknowledging that it was a real thing. Like, go get over it. You're fine. You know, was it sort of more like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then people don't get the help that they need. So that, that's a common, obviously, uh the, the no-no in the military, uh, I believe, you know, like you were saying, Vita, is very, it's very similar to what we uh, experience in the fire service. Uh, we, are, we, are, we are on this planet to do a job that not many people want or can do with what you see on a, on a potentially daily basis. It's very um, traumatic. Um, and that stigma, whatever it may be, uh, from the olden days is not the same as nowadays, which is a good thing. We're making progress in that. Um, but it, it, it used to be a no-no to come back and have a problem with what you had just taken in. Um, you were deemed, uh, you know, not tough. You're, 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 you know, you shouldn't be having these. We're here to do a job and you check your feelings at the door. And, you know, that screwed up a lot of folks along the way and left havoc in its wake um, because bottling this stuff up leads to self-medication, isolation, detachment, horrible depression, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and it can mess up your relationships. Like I, people that don't get the help that they need because no one's there to help them or they're making them feel inferior for it. It like you can actually cause a lot of, you know, pain to other people too. If you oh, don't yeah. get your PTSD under control, it's not just about being a victim. It's about, you can also like start hurting others. So you better take responsibility for it. If you know, you know, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of self-work and you have to address a lot of things and, Mm -hmm. A lot of people feel very ashamed, you know, um, but it's really impossible to have a healthy relationship if, you know, you're constantly being triggered by everything or you're not accepting the fact that there is something different with your brain now. Like it has gone through trauma. It has rewired itself. And there's no way you can ignore that. It's going to come out eventually, you yep. know, people dust it under the rug, getting into a new relationship, think they're fine. Exactly. Eventually it's going to come out. And if you don't get it handled, you're going to be the toxic one. So. Right. You know. And it's all about processing these emotions. These, uh -huh. these traumatic experiences need to be processed as we've gone over before in the past episodes, whether it be on PTSD or a number of different topics pertaining to the traumatic brain that we've covered. Uh, you, I've mentioned it a hundred times, um, that when you have a good memory, um, like a positive memory, a fishing trip with your, your dad or something, your brain is able to timestamp that as a fond memory, file it away in the vast brain file cabinet that you have, and you're able to pull it out at a later time and remember fondly the, the, the times you once had. Whereas a traumatic experience is not, your brain is, is not communicating left and left hemisphere and right hemisphere are not playing nice. Um, it's constantly thunderstorming around and it's unable to be timestamped 
and filed away. So it's always in the now. That's why every time you recall it, which is not hard because it's always buzzing around up there, it feels like it was yesterday. Yes. You can, still, you can still smell, taste, feel everything about it as if it was just yesterday, even though it was 12 years ago. Yeah. The body does not know the difference, you know, and the brain is, like he said, having trouble going between hemispheres. So, yeah, it's like for the longest time before I knew I had PTSD, I did not know what was wrong with my brain. I felt different. I felt like something was going on. I kept saying my brain, it feels like it's broken. Like literally my brain feels broken. Um, but I was stuck in fight or flight. That's what was going on. And I just didn't know it. And I had lost the desire and ability to like do anything creative. I felt just like a empty blob, honestly, that was just existing and floating through life. And I was just like in this constant state of anxiety. It absolutely sucked. But the thing that helped me finally switch my brain over to the other side, which like I said, I didn't even know it was stuck over here in fight or flight. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Um, was I started doing therapy and he's like, you got to do something creative. I was like, I don't feel creative. I have nothing to offer. Like I'm literally like a blank slate. And he goes, it doesn't matter. Just start singing, start drawing, start doing anything for God's sake, move your body. And so I got a karaoke mic and this was kind of during the pandemic. Um, this is the beginning of it. And I would just sit there like a depressed blob singing karaoke. It was so lame, probably looking, but eventually neurons started firing and sure yeah. enough, I was not in fight or flight anymore. That's all it took. I wasn't even like doing anything grand. I'm not a singer, but I always say um, that you don't have to be a good singer to sing. You don't have to be a good dancer to dance. You don't have to be a good artist to draw. Mm -hmm. Just do it. So a lot of people use the excuse, well, I'm not creative. I can't do anything like that. You don't have to be good at it. Just do yeah. it. Just do it. It exactly. will save your life. So I started singing. It got so much better. And so people will come in my streams now and be like, why are you singing? You're not good. I'm like, well, I'm not a singer, but let me tell you this, this saved my life. So I'm going to do it online now. <laughs> um, yeah. And you know, and that's, you don't have to be good. No. You, you just, yeah. Like you're saying, you just have to exercise that brain a little bit or, um, you know, just, <laughs> yeah, it, so many of us live stream, uh, not, not as a distraction or anything, but it, it helps us as well it's therapeutic it absolutely is therapeutic this is my biggest form of therapy i would say and so i've incorporated the singing into it as well because it helps me if i start spinning out in a stream or people can come in and start to trigger me i'll just start singing a song um but i also want people to know that you like don't have to be good at these things to do them you know so i'll be yeah. the prime example of that slash i think i'm getting better but <laughs> yes do whatever makes you happy absolutely and I think uh, I was talking with somebody not too long ago, actually, and uh, about live streaming. And, and I think it might have been Jim in Chicago. Uh, he said that when his uh, Chris Gales, hello, how are you? Good to see you. Welcome to the Mental Health Hour. Um, yes, uh, Jim in Chicago, he had said, you know, at a time when he was going through so much, he felt so alone, but um, you know, obviously he had his wife and family, but you can't always deal with the same folks, you know, like, yeah, there are certain things that you can deal with, with, I can deal with, with my wife and stuff, but sometimes you just want to talk to somebody else. Sometimes you feel really alone and coming on live streaming, you get, right now we have 24, 25 people in here that uh, we can, we, we are talking to, we are communicating with, and they are communicating right back through chat. And it's just a nice feeling. Um, sometimes it's very therapeutic yeah absolutely especially if you're dealing with the part where or part of ptsd or cpsd where you start to like recluse or cut yourself off from people it can be a means of connection and connection is so important in healing because you can't do it by yourself like you literally need other people you know yeah. um you need the outside world because you're not going to get better just like locking yourself up in your loft <laughs> for the rest of your life. Like you're going to get worse and really weird. So, yes. And as we continue on here, I'd like to welcome everybody in coming in. Uh, this is the mental health hour. This is a show we put on me and Gemma uh, down there. Do this show every Wednesday at 6 PM. Um, all replays are available on YouTube. Uh, we have a bio link um, that Hattie, our good, our good friend and good mod 
uh, has been dropping on throughout the show, we highly encourage you to go on to the bio link um, to find all of our socials there. Um, if, if we can push one more than the other, uh, as Hattie has dropped in the uh, comments there, the Discord is a great community. Uh, Veda is a part of our Discord as well. Um, you can uh, uh, feel like that's a, somewhat of a safe space. We have a good controlled environment there of all of our friends and, and our community that have come together. We highly encourage you all to join. Uh, we drop stuff in there, uh, mental health related stuff in there all the time. We'll be dropping most likely this evening. We'll be dropping some more information on borderline personality, complex PTSD, and uh, anything covered um, from every week of our shows. We throw them all in the Discord, and it's a great place to meet others and talk mental health in a controlled mm -hmm. environment. A very, it's, a, it's a safe space, if you will. Um, we have good moderators there as well. Um, and that being said, we are welcoming Veda this week. Um, for all of Veda's merch, there's her Streamlabs slash Veda yeah. slash merch. Tim's um, going to sport one of my sweatshirts. I can't wait to see Yes, that. I got a sweatshirt coming. I've been a fan of the Wonderland for quite some time. Um, even, even if I'm not known in the chat, I'm sometimes there lurking. You're an uh, OG for sure. Uh, I like throwing on streams of, of my friends. Even if I can't actively be in chat, if I'm cleaning the house or whatever, I'll listen to Veda talking and, and what have you. Um, Gemma has also discussed, uh, as I was just mentioning, how um, live streaming is therapeutic. Gemma has also mentioned on a number of times how therapeutic she finds it to come on here and do crafts and what mm -hmm. have you. Um, but yes, we are talking CPTSD another episode in our PTSD and I'm going to throw up another slide beta if you're ready. Yeah, I just want to address this uh, question. Mark Rides is saying, doesn't cutting yourself off protect you though? If you keep your defenses up, no one can hurt you. And that's the mindset behind cutting yourself off. Absolutely. It's a protection mechanism and it's a survivor mechanism, but it's not a healing mechanism. You're not going to get any better. It's not going to help you process. All it's going to do is keep you technically safe from re-emerging trauma, but you're not doing anything to like work on it and you do need to learn how to integrate yourself into the world again. Um, yeah. because cutting yourself off and being reclusive can cause PTSD in itself because we are wired for connection as humans. We absolutely are wired for connection. So even if you are the most introverted of introverts, you still are at your best when you have some human interaction, whether absolutely. it's online or just, you know, a cup of coffee with someone once a week, like you do need that. 100% indeed. Um, as we've hit, uh, Beta has talked about borderline personality disorder and CPT CPTSD, complex post-traumatic stress disorder. We'll go over to take a look now at PTSD versus CPTSD. Beta, I'll throw it back to you. If you, yeah, yeah, okay. So this is just like kind of reiterating a little bit what we've spoken on, but maybe in some more professional wording, but PTSD usually develops from just one episode, one situation, one event um, in your life, whereas the complex PTSD is several episodes compounding on top of each other over usually a long-term basis from childhood all the way into adulthood. So um, with PTSD, patients do have the capacity to forget and move on after some point. There's more of a opportunity and chance to get completely better. Um, not that that's easy at all, uh, but patients uh, with PTSD will have lots of flashbacks and nightmares probably for the rest of their life at some point because it's just been so many things over the life. The brain has been re-traumatized after re-traumatized after re-traumatized. So there's a lot of insomnia, but PTSD people get insomnia too. Um, with the PTSD diagnosis, um, it's associated with reckless behaviors, um, binge eating, abnormal sexual activities, drug, alcohol abuse, um, and then uh, complex PTSD patients often, it says are also, often are also diagnosed with a borderline personality disorder because there's so much of a correlation and those dissociative disorders. So like the complex PTSD can bring on other disorders or, you know, it can be really intense. Um, so uh, treatment for PTSD. 
short-term counseling, drug therapy, treatment for CPTSD, multiple therapeutic sessions that last for a very, very long time. So, you know, there's the diabolical, DBT, um, you know, there's a lot of things. And that's one that like, it's like, I think it's like a six month program usually uh -huh. in for like four hours a day, or I don't know. And you teach like you behavioral behavior stuff, <laughs> how to cope, how to handle your triggers. All of that, all of that, um, that processing we've been talking about the trauma processing, bleh, processing traumatic experiences slash uh, treatment for PTSD, regular PTSD uh, and treatment for complex takes very intensive therapy. Um, so you, you figure, uh, for example, you figure one hour of therapy per week is 52 hours of therapy uh, for the year. Uh, when I was in rehab processing all of my shit, um, I was getting six hours of therapy a day for seven days a week at first. For the first three weeks, it was very intense. That's 42 hours in one week. So you're 10... 10 hours shy of a year's worth of therapy in just a week. Uh, this is very intense therapy. Um, and it, it takes that to build that foundation uh, and, and to process these uh, traumatic events as they should be processed so that you're able to eventually timestamp those and file them away. Uh, would you agree, Veda? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it could just there's always processing to be had <laughs> at least. Oh, yes, naturally. absolutely. But uh, yeah, it definitely takes time and a commitment to wanting to get better. And it's not easy when you start diving in to working on it because you get hit with a lot of stuff. It's exhausting. It can feel like you're getting worse before you get better. Mm -hmm. I don't know that that's not encouraging, but then it does get better. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel when you start to realize, okay, I think I have a handle on most of my triggers. Like I know what most of them are. So I can do things that will help me when I'm going to say, I'm going to go to this like event, you know, brace yourself, you know, what, I don't know. For one example, like there's things you can do, very specific things you can do. You can avoid alcohol. That is the number one thing I think that people with PTSD, I think should do. I can't drink alcohol anymore. I just can't. My brain doesn't take it in the same as whatever a normal person does. It's you know? because it's one hundred percent a depressant. Yes. It, it and, yes. and and that goes that stretches far beyond the word of depressing your um, uh, respiratory rate. You know, mm. your heart rate, all that. It also depresses the body more. I self medicated through alcohol a lot, and I. Yeah. I paid the consequences because I didn't understand what alcohol as a depressant truly meant until I reached sobriety. Right. And it's like before I would say that I noticed my brain was different and suffering, I could drink and, you know, I wouldn't be like that depressed like the next few days. I'd be okay. But once I started getting really bad with my PTSD or CPTSD, if I drank, I'd be depressed for the next week because my brain has just gone through so many hits and um, that's just not worth it to me at all. Not to mention there's no better way to bring out pretty much every one of your triggers than drinking. Cause you just don't have that cognitive, like leveled mind working in your benefit. Like yeah, one hit, all the go out the window. 100% <laughs> intensifies the negative. So, oh yeah. Um, you definitely get, let me bring this down. Um, and we'll go to the last slide here in a, in a second. Um, but it, yeah, it 100% intensifies the negative and it brings you down further. And then, you know, uh, while, while self-medicating, you felt, I felt good for mm -hmm. a short period of a time. A short period of time. Yeah. <laughs> and it was right back even lower. So mm -hmm. it was just a constant downhill. Yeah. Um, you didn't like pay said, for once, it. <laughs> once I hit sobriety and I actually started feeling an upward trend in my mood. Uh, I was like, wow, this is. Yeah. And you don't want to mess with that. You don't want to rock the boat. Like for me, I'm like, oh, is a glass of wine even worth it? 
No, it's not because chances are not chances are, but anytime you put that glass to your lips, it's a fucking gamble. <laughs> like it yeah. could go really bad every single time. And you need to tell yourself that it, you it have is. any of these disorders. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, let's throw up this last slide real quick. Um, another look wow. at the three of them. Now, PTSD didn't. Uh, I don't know if that was supposed to come up with something. Why does but... it have its own? <laughs> Poor PTSD. Um, I guess it's showing the the uh, similarities there in PTSD and CPSD. CPSD. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <For some laughs> I can't say that one. But I'll, I'll let you have it there, Veda. Go for it. All right. So one of the correlations but with both the PTSD is re-experiencing the events, the avoidance that we talked about, and the sense of threat. Um, and then more along the lines of just the CPTSD and BPD as there's the self-harm aspect, Un very, very unstable sense of self, very unstable emotions, um, just not regulated at all. Mm -hmm. uh, and difficulty having the ability to regulate, like you just can't and your nervous system is just shot. <laughs> um, right. So that leads to interpersonal problems, obviously. And then just like this feeling of worthlessness, um, but that's also very relevant in depression. So people mm -hmm. with all of these things usually, well, you suffer from depression. You absolutely do. Um, and then just on the BPD side, even though this isn't about that, but I do know they're going to talk about this in a further episode. Yep. Um, suicidal behavior, gesture or threats, um, frantic efforts to avoid abandonment, such as like protest behavior in relationships. That's like if, you know, that's like not respecting people's boundaries essentially is what protest behavior is. If somebody's like, whoa, you need to give me a day. Like you've been too much because you're emotionally unregulated and you just can't give them that day, texting them constantly, calling them constantly. That's protest mm -hmm. behavior. Um, and then just like a shifting self-identity. So people with BPD tend to have more highs and lows. Like they can almost like feel great and awesome and high, like very confident and then just dropped and they hate themselves. That's not really prevalent mm -hmm. very much in CPTSD. CPTSD is kind of just like a ongoing, like, oh, I suck. Like I just like my brain <laughs> is broken. Yeah. Um, yeah, constant flatline kind of constant thing. flatline. Yeah, and that's yeah. one of I think the easiest ways to differentiate between the two is that lack of up and down. Um, mm -hmm. Not to be confused with bipolar at all, because yes, those two get mixed up. But um, yeah. there's just like there's not really an up. Yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, you know one thing to point out here, guys, is um, all of these things that um, I thought was pretty normal. Mm -hmm. are, are, are actually uh, very harmful to you. Like something like hypervigilance um, yeah. is one of them. I always thought, you know, erring on the side of caution and being vigilant uh, was good. Yeah. good um, but it does turn out that you can be so overly vigilant and hypervigilant, if you will, that it is, um, it is a, it's a harm to your uh, mental health. And yes, uh, thanks for answer. I was just going to Chris Gales uh, asking what CPA uh, that is complex PTSD, which is um, Veda has the diagnosis for CPTSD. Um, mm -hmm. I have a diagnosis for regular PTSD. Um, as you can see from this uh, graph, or Venn diagram, um, as I believe we called them in school, uh, I can share, my PTSD diagnosis can share things with uh, Veda's CPTSD, but um, I don't touch into any borderline personality disorder stuff, whereas yeah. Veda, Veda's pulling from all sides here. <laughs> um, so Give it all to me, guys. That's why it becomes complex, Um and, uh, you know, other than that, looking back over at this slide, um, there's uh, some of the differences between the two. Um, complex being involving several traumatizing events on a long-term basis, um, whereas mine can literally just be one traumatic experience that has rocked me so hard that I don't, you don't forget those things where... yeah. 
Um, these these do come, like I said at the beginning of the show, it, PTSD is, is not an easy diagnosis to get. Um, it does, you do have to hit on several markers, and there's four different categories of markers to hit on. And you have to hit from, I believe, all four, at least like one or two things from all four. Um, that would be in our previous episode, I went over the what it takes to get a diagnosis of PTSD, which I personally never thought I would qualify for. I've mm. been doing my job for 15 years, but I don't, and often most people, I'm sure, TJ, uh, our friend uh, from the Haps days, um, Stealth USA there, uh, he spent a, a good bit in the Army or the military branch um, and I bet he would say the same thing. We never thought we would be diagnosed with PTSD. We, it, I didn't personally think it would um, fall in my in my um, area of, of uh, diagnoses. Um, but apparently, I hit with flying colors. So I learned something about myself there. Um, Jeremy Stoltz, good to see you, what sir. What up, Jeremy? My goodness, long time. <laughs> um and so yeah um so uh veda like i was just saying we'll go back to this veda's pulling from all of this so it, it becomes a complex uh stream um uh, and i wanted to touch on i talked talk about hyper vigilance um the numbing dissociation the numbingness mm. uh the detachment the isolation the feeling different whereas veda was talking about not feeling how did you put it veda not yourself seven-year-old seven-year-old me cried saying i don't feel real i don't <laughs> I feel real don't feel real and um, that was me trying to explain an out-of-body experience i didn't know what was going on i just know i i just knew i wanted to enjoy christmas and i couldn't because <laughs> i felt not real can I'm, i ask do you ever like um I, I literally did it the other week actually I was driving along um, a road and mm -hmm. I saw there was a car waiting to come out and I was just thinking to myself now if they stop then I'm actually here because there's no one else around and I do things to try and I don't know like even though I know that I am mindfulness real. you're practicing mindfulness and I oh, actually right. wanted to touch on that because yeah. that is the number one way to help you with your dissociation and people mm -hmm. are like what's mindfulness that's just the practice of being present. So mm -hmm. I was once on a set, I was an actress since I was 11. I was on a set and the director hired a mindfulness coach. And the reason was mindfulness saved my life. She said she had PTSD. This was before I knew that mm -hmm. I had CPTSD. So I'm like, Oh, this is cool. But I just didn't get it. I'm like, how did it save your life? I just wasn't there, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but eventually, um, I started to understand, you know, there's things you could do. For example, if you're having a panic attack, they teach you name five things that are in front of you, whether it's senses or things that you can see. That's yeah. mindfulness practice. Another mindfulness practice is meditation, you know, or something Gemma is saying, like, if this car's here, I'm really here, you know, like, yeah. without you maybe knowing that's you practicing mindfulness and that can help yeah, you come back to your body. Because I do feel like I'm not, really here mm -hmm. a lot of the time yeah I mean a lot of the time when I'm telling Thomas to do stuff and he's ignoring me I'm like do I even exist right <laughs> you know you're but, like oh my god am I actually not here like, <laughs> like hello wall you listen to yeah. me but yeah. no, like, seriously there's many times that I've just like felt like I am me watching me from above I guess mm -hmm. certainly with some of the traumatic incidents and things that happened yeah, my entire body shut off completely. Yeah, and it's as though I'm watching me from above or something. Absolutely, and that feeling of being dissociated is a, a much of what's responsible for people that uh, it's the pain, of course, as well, but which mm -hmm. leads people to self harm. People think that oh, people mm -hmm. only self harm for a attention or because they're hurting so bad, but also it can be yeah. because they feel like they can't feel fucking anything and they just want. Yeah, to definitely. And then to move the pain, like I did yeah. it a lot. Yes. To move it from there and then be in control of putting the pain there somewhere mm -hmm. else. Yeah. But yeah, to feel as well. Because I, I, I'm for like 
most of my life I've just been numb. Yeah, and for nothing. Or like uh, you I know, uh, sex at addiction. You know, that's another way of coping. And then, of mm -hmm. course, the, any addiction. Yeah, back to alcohol or drugs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Any addiction, and addiction can stretch uh, past substance. Um, mm -hmm. You could find yourself addicted to something like live streaming or absolutely uh, jigsaw puzzles. For <laughs> we can addict. We can. Uh, train our brain to be addicted to it really oh, yeah anything that gives you a dopamine release you can get addicted to because it feels yeah. so good <laughs> and um you know all of these things are good as we we have touched on in the past as well I, i'd like to reiterate the fact that these things while they can be considered distraction or self-medication but uh we, when we talk about distraction it's not always um in in a good light um, now, if you're distracting at a healthy, you're doing something healthy to take away from the constant racing thoughts and what have you, then that's fine. But it's when we start to add in those addiction, addictive personalities or addictive, um, I can't think of the word, but tendencies, the addictive mm -hmm. tendencies, um, that's when it becomes distraction can lead to uh, further depression which leads to disassociation or detachment and isolation. Um, yeah. That's when distraction, while not taken moderately as anything in life, do it moderately. Um, anything's good moderately in moderation. Um, mm -hmm. Distraction is the same way it should be looked at from a healthy standpoint. Um, and, you know, it, it's not all about distraction. Sometimes, the therapy is the therapy mm -hmm. um, and, and that's what we need. Um, but um, we've been covering a couple of things uh, before we wrap up here. Uh, we talked very briefly Veda about um, mindfulness and how that is. Do you have any other um, things that you particularly do uh, other than mindfulness or is mindfulness your jam? Mindfulness is my jam. And that's like my whole spiritual practice, meditating, um, you know, journaling each time there's a new moon or a full moon. It's a little thing I have two days a month. I am guaranteed going to sit down with my journal and write out things that I want to make happen. But I would say probably the most important thing as well as mindfulness, I think that these two are tied is, is physical exercise because it releases so many endorphins it's obviously good for you and uh, it's very good for your brain. And um, I have an exercise that I finally found that I love. Well, I've, I've been doing it for years, but you know, there was a time I never could exercise. It was so boring. Um, but yeah, I, I'm definitely moving your body and getting your heart rate up and sweating. Just yeah. these are very good things. <laughs> and I, I always joke on here because it's, it's not one of my favorite things to do, but it is definitely one of the best things you can do mm -hmm. uh, is to exercise. It's, yeah. it's literally in any, pretty much anything you go to the doctor for, they're going to tell you this, this and exercise. Yeah. And just like try different things. There's so many forms of exercise. My gosh, especially now, like go on your phone, download that class pass app and try out some studios around your town or, you know, get on YouTube and pull up a yoga thing or go on a trampoline or something take a dance class run around your own home like there's so many things you can do skateboarding rollerblading having sex but not too much don't get addicted <laughs> like, <that's right. laughs> not too much not too much man <laughs> <laughs> 69 huh <laughs> that's coming up you want. Yep. we might have to do something um but anyway this walk, yes. walk. Oh, you can incorporate the two walking meditation, put on a little thing and listen to a walking meditation, look around at nature. That's a two for well, one. Like, how's she, where's she going with, well, you can incorporate walking and sex. <laughs> I literally, my mind went there too. I have to admit. Go uh, to have sex. I don't know. <laughs> walking, I mean, is, uh, walking is one of the first things they teach you uh, about mindfulness or what yes. mindfulness is, if you actually sit down and take a class or listen to somebody speak on mm. mindfulness, um, taking a in-the-moment walk 
nature walk where you actually take in all the five senses around mm -hmm. you uh, yeah. is one of the best things you can do um, to learn all about it. And uh, But we uh, are reaching that hour mark. We're going to start wrapping things up. Um, Veda is found. Uh, thank you so much, first and foremost, for coming on and sharing yeah. your experience, strength, and hope. Um, we really appreciate it. And there's always room uh, for our guests to come back again if they feel like they ever want to talk about anything else. Um, mm -hmm. We are always, we our door is always open. But uh, Beta is a big time Twitch streamer here uh, with us. Thanks for manifesting for me. <laughs> Beta Ashley is her handle. Um, it is in the comments. Thank you to Hattie there, our mod. Um, and her merch store is mm -hmm. uh, with that as well. Highlighted there. Um, Veda, do you want to drop anything else? I have nothing else to share. Nothing. Else. Question or something, but thank you so much for having me. I've been very nervous to come on this show just because it's vulnerable to talk about your mental health, but I definitely am open to talking about it. Yes. So. <laughs> and it is, it is, you know, I still, we've done 64 of these. I still get like, oh man, what am I getting ready to get into with yeah. this topic? <laughs> And, you know, because I don't have every one of these things that we talk about, but definitely the ones that I get on, I get very passionate about. And I think mm -hmm. we, we had a very good conversation. Once we broke that ice, you were, you could tell this is something you're passionate about. Well, yeah, now that I have light at the end of the tunnel, 100%. <laughs> yes, we do appreciate it. Um, we appreciate having you on. And uh, Catch Veda live pretty daily pretty regularly daily, i'm gonna go live after this so come hang out if you yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well if you want to fire up your stream we'll come raid you if you oh, want yeah yeah i'll fire it up fire away, fire away i'm gonna say the mental health hour after show that's right and as hattie's as she's or as veda's doing that hattie's dropping in that we want to remind you tonight jim in chicagoland hosting catalyst his fifth year doing the show it's one of my favorite streams on twitch um i've been following him since periscope as well with his candlelight stream come in we'll talk about anything usually mental health kind of stuff but he sits there focuses the camera on a candle or the fire pit and we just chat for about an hour and a half two hours um with some great people really fun stream um of course we have our good friend also ray of sunshine over on twitch haven't seen him in chat today but i know he was live earlier um so check him out um of course there's beardo and weirdo show and eric j gaming uh is usually in chat as well and then of course our great longtime sponsor of the show miss ella the bunny mom uh, please, we still support what she does. Get some own. bunnies for her, too. Those light-up bunnies are real fun. I have a couple. Yeah. yeah. Really oh, my God, they've evolved. Yes. I have got I have got quite a few. Penelope got one in the mail. Um, are they breeding but, rabbits? <laughs> but uh, www.mybunnyvalentine.com. Use the promo code FIREDUDE15. Save 15% off your purchase anytime at her store help her help the bunnies she yes. she also streams live her handle is there in chat ella the bunny mom give her a follow a lot of fun late night streams the best insomniac stream there is <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly uh you'll occasionally kept me or uh catch me poking through there as well um and we did mention beta on just earlier but yes veda is going live now we're going to send it over to her yeah uh veda will let you hop down and go get get your stuff oh, it's, it's already going i got my overlay up so oh awesome so ready. Ready. <laughs> up the raid and send it over to her um please remember next week we talk with taylor uh from next juice or of next juice she has been streaming forever uh i think she's I forget how long it has been, actually. I think she's had seven years. 
I believe. Uh, she goes live every day for seven years. Every so day. I'm sure you guys have met her or run into her. Um, but indeed, uh, we we are queuing up the raid. We're going to send you over to Veda now. Thank you guys for joining us as always, and thank you again to Veda. And we'll see you guys over at her at her house. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>